This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 45, Why Am I Exhausted All the Time? Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hello, friends. How is everybody doing? I hope that you are enjoying this fall weather as much as I am. I just got back last week from an incredible in-person mastermind with Jody Moore and some amazing other entrepreneurs, and I have such great ideas for what's coming up with the podcast, with coaching, so I think that you're going to want to hear some more about that. But first, I wanted to talk about this question that I get from so many people, and this is the question, why am I exhausted all the time? Now, I love that I was able to implement some life coaching tools pretty quickly after I was diagnosed with end-stage kidney disease. I had been diagnosed in 2015, and I was in the middle of being on the kidney transplant list while having a baby moving across the country and my husband starting a PhD program. So I was in the midst of having the most exhausting times of my life when I found life coaching and I found a podcast very similar to the one that you're listening to. And even though the podcast I wasn't listening to, which was Jody Moore's Better Than Happy, it wasn't specifically targeting exhaustion and chronic fatigue like what I was experiencing. Just learning some simple life coaching principles helped me to start to recover some of my energy and to stop fighting against my body so much. So in answer to this question, why am I so exhausted all the time? I would invite you to get really curious about the times that you are feeling the most exhausted. Now, for me, I didn't realize it until I started to drop it into my thoughts and I could see that I had the capacity to be the watcher of what I was believing and what I was thinking. And so a lot of times what was happening was that I was fighting against my body. And as someone with a chronic illness, it's really challenging sometimes because your brain has amazing plans for what you should do, who you should be, all of the ways that you should show up for people. And then you feel like you're dealing with this body that doesn't want to cooperate and the body that feels so exhausted and doesn't want to do what you tell it to do, what your brain is telling you to do. And when I started to drop in on these thoughts, I was so fascinated by so many of them that I was having, like, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my body. And this really overarching belief that I had at the time was that I felt so betrayed by my body. And Looking at that from a model perspective, if, you have, if you're not familiar with the self-coaching model, go back and listen. One of my first podcast episodes is about my favorite coaching tool, the model. But looking at it from a model perspective, when I was thinking that my body has betrayed me, you know, by getting sick and ending up in kidney failure, that 
thought created so much anger for me. And I was angry because I was resisting the reality that I was in kidney failure. And I don't know if you're like me, but a lot of times it's so easy to kind of gaslight yourself about your situation and be like, this is not really that big of a deal. It's not really that big of a problem because so many of us, especially if you were young when you were diagnosed, we don't look sick. We look like we're perfectly healthy. And then we're on the couch and we can't get up and people are like, Mm, what's wrong with you? We have so much evidence that something has gone wrong and we've been betrayed by our bodies. So when you're feeling betrayed by your body, maybe you feel some anger too. But what I didn't know before I learned some life coaching tools was what to do with that anger. So much of the time I would turn that anger inwards and be upset at myself for the situation that I was in. And I would resist feeling anger, and I would avoid feeling the anger. And all of these are such internal experiences, but trying to avoid an emotion is like trying to push a beach volleyball under the water. You can push it down for so long, but eventually it's going to pop back up. And that's what would happen with the anger. I would have these outbursts, these angry outbursts and have so much energy that was just being wasted because I had been trying to avoid feeling the anger because I was thinking my body had betrayed me. And from those angry outbursts, there would be a huge release of energy. And then I would be left feeling completely depleted. And that's especially the times when the exhaustion would set in. So many times I would find myself exhausted without questioning what had happened before that. Now, you guys know that I am such a fan of learning and understanding our nervous system states. So for me, thinking my body has betrayed me, what happens is that put me in an anger state and it put me in a fight state which is an escalated nervous system state. That's part of the sympathetic nervous system. So just to review quickly, for those of you unfamiliar, I also have a podcast on the nervous system states. There are four nervous system states that I like to talk about. They're flight, fight, freeze, and fawn. So going into the fight response for me It seemed like I was getting a lot of energy from that. It seemed like energizing because so much of my, um, because I was so focused and the fight, it releases cortisol in your body and adrenaline that helps you to have this burst of energy. The problem is we're not meant to sustain that level of energy that the fight response is going to provide you. And so then I would feel the exhaustion set in, the hopelessness that there's nothing I can do about this. And that would bring a freeze response for me that would result in that utter level of exhaustion that I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I had to go lay down on the couch, which I would be frustrated about. Also a fight response that would again leave me feeling depleted because I didn't think that there was any other way for me to get energy. And I just didn't look at these things that were happening before the exhaustion set in as being part of the contributors to the exhaustion. Now, if you have some sort of a chronic illness, 
your body is most likely fighting a lot. Now, for me specifically, I could tell I could go and get a blood test and my creatinine would be elevated. Now, the creatinine is what your kidneys are supposed to filter out. You're supposed to excrete it in your urine. And my kidneys were not filtering properly. So I would have an excess amount of creatinine in my body. So literally, there was extra toxins in my body that my body was not able to filter out because of my kidneys. My body was actually trying to do the best she could, given the circumstances of being an organ failure. And me fighting against her and telling her that she had betrayed me when my body was actually doing as much as she could in order to help sustain my life, help me to be able to move and support my husband in his PhD and take care of my four kids, including my newborn, my body was actually quite amazing. And like I said, for those of you who have a chronic illness that you don't look sick from the outside, I was able to quote unquote hide my illness pretty well from the outside because my body was quite amazing. And my guess is yours is too. And it's a matter of what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the things that are wrong with your body, with your health, with your life that are contributing to you living in this escalated sympathetic nervous system state more than you need to? We need the fight or flight reflex. We need that. It helps you. It keeps you alive. It helps you to survive. We physically call it a survival state. We need those responses. The problem is when those responses become habitual and they are the go-to for things that are actually not life-threatening. Like an email. You get an email from somebody and it's like, oh my goodness, now I have to do this thing and I have to do that, but I have, I have to take my kid here or I have to do these things first. And you go into this survival state over words and sentences on a page when it's actually not useful or helpful anymore. So it's learning how to harness the power of being in a survival state. I actually find it very um, helpful to use that at times to be really focused. Like I I think I gave this example on the podcast already, but my five-year-old was bit by a dog a few months ago. And I noticed I am, as soon as it happened, of course, like, and to be fair, it wasn't that serious, but he did require some stitches on his thumb. And as soon as I had him and I was able to clean his wound and assess the damage, I noticed I'm in the sympathetic nervous state because of course I'm freaked out of my mind. My child just got bit by a dog. Now, the amazing part of being in that nervous system state was how focused I was on him, on his healing, getting him help. And I was able to shut off all of the other distractions. So we need that response. The problem is I don't need that same focus level of um, sympathetic nervous system response to seeing a dog on the street, one that is not near my son, or even seeing my son like nicely petting a dog that knows him. 
I don't need to activate that nervous system state when it's actually something safe that's happening. So the work to do is to look at the things in your life that are causing you to live in this escalated sympathetic nervous system state. So if you find yourself experiencing these fight or flight responses that you have exhausted to the point where you are now in a freeze response, that is this feeling of hopelessness that no matter what I do, there's nothing I can do. It's that survival state that animals use to play dead. That physical exhaustion level, noticing if that is happening around something that's creating some fear. And then the other survival state, the the fawn survival state of the people pleasing. If I can just make everybody happy, then I can be happy. Noticing those things that are bringing you into those survival states and maybe getting some coaching on it, maybe getting questioning some of it. Like, is it dangerous for my son to pet a dog? Well, in some cases it might be, but if it's a dog we know and and I, he's done the rules of how I say to interact with dogs now, maybe it is safe and I don't have to go into that nervous system, um, sympathetic nervous system state. Maybe I can expand my window of tolerance so that being around a dog isn't as scary anymore. Opening an email from somebody isn't as scary anymore. Having a conversation with somebody that feels a little bit difficult actually isn't scary. I can stay calm and I can stay curious and and really tune into my intuition because what we want to do is when you are feeling like you're in that exhausted all the time, the way to get out of it is to enjoy your life more. When you're enjoying what you're doing and finding the fun and finding the ease in what you're doing, fear cannot exist at the same time. The other thing is to find faith that things could be better. Faith that things might be actually working out for you, for your good, in order to help you and grow you into the person that you were meant to be. If you've ever seen any of my YouTube videos, I have a plaque on the back uh, behind me in my background, and it says the world needs who you were meant to be. And sometimes it's so scary to step into that person of who you were meant to be, but that person is needed. The one that is living the life that you actually want to be living. The one that is following your intuition, following the things that light you up, following the dreams that help you to be in the aligned state with yourself that you actually enjoy being in. Because when you're doing things that that truly bring you joy and peace and abundance and love, you're not tired while you're doing it. The things outside of you do not cause you to be exhausted. And the things outside of you do not cause you to be rested. It's what you are bringing to any of those situations. That's why I always say from the self-coaching model, the circumstance is neutral. You get to believe whatever you want to about any situation, any circumstance. And sometimes we want to continue to believe scary things about it. 
I don't want my son to be alone with a dog that I don't know anymore. That's perfectly fine. I want to believe that about a scenario where my son is around a a dog that I'm unfamiliar with, for sure. But I get to have fun and get to enjoy him enjoying dogs because even though he's been bit by one, he's actually not scared of it. I'm more scared of it than he is. And I can tune into enjoying the moments that he is enjoying himself, knowing that I'm bringing myself to an aligned state where I am prioritizing my well-being and his at the same time. So if you are feeling like you're exhausted all the time, and maybe you kind of understand that there might be some situations out there that maybe you're not handling as well as you want to, and that might be contributing to your level of exhaustion, I'm going to be offering in the next couple of weeks an energy plan to help you double your energy this week. And with this energy plan, I'm going to help you not only double your energy, but start to understand why your body is reacting the way that it is. So stay tuned on ways that you can get this free energy plan from me. And I can't wait to see you on the next podcast. Have a beautiful week, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.